Let us pray. Your arms are open to us, O God. Find us today, and may we return home. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. I want to share with you briefly from the title, The Refrain of God. Every Sunday is a refrain of sorts. We go through each day of the week like a verse in a hymn, but then Sunday comes and we embody a refrain of the Christian life or more specifically, the Christian calendar, Sundays. It's church-going day for many still, the Lord's day. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Comes around every week. Sometimes it feels relentless for preachers. A refrain that reminds us of God, regardless of our worship styles and denominational traditions. Sundays remind us that we are to give God our attention at least one day of the week. Sundays are holy refrains that emphasize who and what should be most important in our lives, God in Jesus Christ. Sundays have been called Little Easters. So each Sunday is a little resurrection refrain for us. He is risen, reminding us that walking with God is about life, eternal life, abundant life, real life. Probably most obviously to us, we know that hymns have refrains. Even our opening hymn from this morning has a line that functions as a refrain and crown him Lord of all over and over again. Refrains grab our attention because they occur more than once. From the very beginning in Genesis at creation, God functioned with refrains and there was evening and there was morning. There was evening and there was morning. The sun sets and the sun rises again and again. Refrains are built into God's creation. Refrains are built into the Bible. Do you remember what the psalmist says in Psalm 136 over and over again? For his steadfast love endures forever. For his steadfast love endures forever. Over and over again. In our lives, in creation, in the Bible, everywhere, if we're paying attention, there are refrains. And the prophetic literature of Amos is no different in this regard. Thus says the Lord is a refrain in the book of Amos. Hear this word is a refrain in the book of Amos. But there's another refrain that I want to draw your attention to this morning. It comes from the mouth of God, and it is this phrase, yet you did not return to me. 
As mentioned last week when we kicked off this summer series on the Minor Prophets, in Amos, God is a roaring lion. God is ticked with the people of Israel, upset about their oppression of the poor and and crushing the needy. This is not a God that we would bring home to meet our parents for the first time or invite to a neighborhood potluck. This is a God who uses language we may never use, like calling others cows of Bashan and talking about taking people away with fish hooks. Sometimes I think we may be too casual and relaxed around God, acting as if God is our best friend sitting on the living room couch sipping a cool lemonade and watching Netflix with us. We may create an an image of God that we like and that suits us, like when a little girl was busy with her crayons doing a drawing. Her mother asked what she was drawing, and the little girl said she was drawing a picture of God. Her mother said, but dear, nobody knows what God looks like. And the little girl answered, they will when I get my drawing finished. Well, well, well look at the image of God the prophet Amos paints. God's refrain should grab our attention this morning and give us some insight into the nature of God. Yet you did not return to me. Five times we hear it. I gave you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and lack of bread in all your places. Yet you did not return to me. I also withheld the rain from you when there were still three months to the harvest, yet you did not return to me. I laid waste your gardens and vineyards, yet you did not return to me. I sent among you a pestilence after the manner of Egypt, yet you did not return to me. I overthrew some of you as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, yet you did not return to me. God is talking to the chosen people of Israel who he brought up out of the land of Egypt and with whom there's a covenantal relationship with. You only have I known, God tells them. You only have I loved. You and I had a thing together. But sometimes it's the people closest to us who can hurt us the most. It even happens to God who is personal and relational, yet you did not return to me. I I hear God's disappointment. Do you hear it in that refrain? I hear God's lament. It reminds me of what happens to God in another prophetic book, Isaiah chapter 5. There, God is, is the beloved who had a vineyard on a fertile hill in Asheville, North Carolina. And and God dug it and cleared it of stones and he planted it with choice vines and God built a watchtower in the middle of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. God expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And then God asks the B.B. King Blues question. When I expected it to yield grapes, 
Why did it yield wild grapes? I've done all of this, and this is what I get. I did all of this for you, and you still don't return to me? You still don't return my love? It's like a soap opera right here in Scripture. It's a refrain in a minor key, yet you did not return to me. God's litany of punishment doesn't even do the job. Showing us that punishment doesn't necessarily lead to real change. Retributive justice does not necessarily change hearts. And God will not coerce covenant loyalty. God will not force us to love him. Regardless of what is done or what is said, no matter how many refrains there are, how many times you repeat yourself, some people will never return home. Some people, all lost or sons or lost daughters, will not be like the so-called prodigal son and return home to his father, as we heard. You, you can try your best, but your child, your friend, your cousin, your colleague may never return. Some will be far away off playing in a pig's pen forever. And this is what God experiences. Even at the end of Amos, where there's the promise of the restoration of the Davidic kingdom and the rebuilding, the promise of that, all who were there at the beginning will not be present at the end. There may be a remnant and a new start for the people of Israel, but not all would have returned. Not all will renew their relationship with God. Yet you did not return to me. This refrain has reverberated down the acoustical corridors of history to our time. And it still rings true today. Throughout the Bible, a return means at least two things. A turn to God through acts of confession and repentance, and a return to obedience to God. That's a return in the biblical sense. I don't know what your image of God is, but in C.S. Lewis's classic children's book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, he tells of the adventures of four little children in the magical kingdom of Narnia. It's an allegory of, of Christ and salvation, with Christ being represented by the lion, Aslan. And when in Narnia the children meet Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, who describe the mighty lion to them. Is he a man? asked Lucy. Aslan, a man, said Mr. Beaver sternly. Certainly not, I tell you. He is the king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is the king of the beasts? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? 
I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie. No mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's ever, if there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Return to me. The Lion King roars in Amos. Confess, repent, obey. Return to me not to a denomination or a liturgical style or a theological belief or a spiritual practice or a physical building even, but me. In Amos, God is personal. And later says, seek me and live, which is the whole point. God desires the people of Israel then and desires us now to live through seeking him because God is the pathway to life. And as in Narnia, God is good. But you won't know that unless you return. These days around here at Duke, we're speaking a lot about return to worship and return to work protocols. But the prophet Isaiah, or the prophet Amos, calls us to return to God. This is the real return. We should be discussing and celebrating and facilitating and imagining, returning to your spiritual home and the source of life. If you don't remember who this God is, listen to the hymn line in Amos. For lo, the one who forms the mountains, creates the wind, reveals his thoughts to mortals, makes the morning darkness, treads on the heights of the earth. The Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. He's the king. This is the cosmic creator God who also desires to be in a personal relationship with you as well. Transcendent, yet imminent sits high, but stoops low to us even through the waters of baptism. Divine, yet human in Christ, personal, close, knowing the number of hairs on your head. Return to me. Despite the disappointment, that we hear in that refrain, despite the roar of righteous anger and lament that might be in that refrain, yet you did not return to me. This refrain signals something else about God. It shows us that God is relentless in trying to bring us back by any means necessary because of God's covenantal love for us. His roar is really raging love for us. 
a lying king who loves. He may not be safe, but God is surely good. Not safe because when you meet him, you'll lose your protected life. Yet he's so good in that you'll gain the free, extraordinary, abundant life you always dreamed of. And God wants us with him. This fivefold refrain, yet you did not return to me, is another way of saying, I want you to return to me. I want you with me forever. Are we really that worth it? God tends to think so, which is why we hear the longing in the refrain, return to me, return to me, return to me. Jesus put it this way, come to me, all of you who are weary and are burdened down by the heavy burdens of life, and I will give you rest. God longs for you. The lion roars for you. Will you come? Will you return? What will your refrain be?